Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. God, everyone, welcome to Saturday Draft Live. We're in season 14, which in wrestling terms means we have entered the draft era. Who will stand atop this mental period of our lives? Who will end the season as our stone-cold Steve Austin? And who will just make so many shit decisions that they will ultimately be declared Arvin's Russo? So many questions and more will not be answered today. But what we can determine is who, at this early stage on paper, has truly already fucked it for themselves in terms of the draft selection. I am Scott McLeod. I am looking forward to hopefully joining the club of three-time draft winners. Unfortunately, the man who hosted our selection show this past Monday and the man who already is a three-time draft winner, Jack Graham, has elected to do something that I've heard rumoured he rarely does, and that's pull out as he cannot unfortunately be on the show today because he's a fucking arsehole and he's neglecting his responsibilities because now that he's a three-time winner, he thinks he's big time all of a sudden for this kind of show. But that's, that's fine. We have a man who we always know one thing about him and that is come rain, sleep, shine or something, something to do with chickens. He will be there. Will his picks always be there? Remains to be seen. It's Ryan Douglas. How are you doing, Scott? <laughs> uh, it's good to have you back again, Ryan. But I've heard, speaking of, of Jack Graham, you have been elected to do something that Jack was apparently incapable of doing this past Monday. And do you know what? Depends how this show goes. I might not be doing it either. <laughs> <laughs> you want yeah. me to do it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh, right. I didn't realize that was my cue. Bear with me. Uh, get the memoirs out. Uh, hear ye, hear ye. This is a message from uh, your good old uh, David here, who's, you know, the part timer. Decided not to draft this season, but anyway, we'll ignore that. The message goes as this Hear ye, hear ye. As you may have noticed, my draft performance in the previous season has been below the standards I have set as the West End Country Club and below the standards of my overall ranking in the ESSR draft as a whole. As a two-time draft runner, once a singles and once in the tag team seasons, I have established myself as one of the most revered competitors in the history of this draft, with the majority yeah, of times finishing in the top half of the table. This time around was a different story. I am ashamed to have finished so low down the table alongside the LL charity case and way below the work experience for you that is Ryan Douglas. I made some team decisions that were bold, but given the position of the drawing last, it was a challenge to begin with. The last the last season was a long one, and it proved to be my undoing. I take responsibility for all my team-related decisions and accept that it was poor performance this time around. In light of this result, I have decided to take a step back from the participating of the draft this coming season to regroup, reevaluate, and rebuild the West End Country Club to its high standards as well as to take as much needed vacation. He had to drop that, didn't he? I will continue to co-host SDL with the other guys to offer an impartial viewpoint into our participants' team this season because, let's be honest, they may need a big brain to add some analytical integrity. 
So that's where things stand. At the moment, I cannot participate in the stream as I am on a boat in Croatia with a drink in my hand and the topping off my tan. Heading to the island of Var this, e this, evening, this evening where the place is full of celebrities, super yachts and the world-famous beach clubs. Any ideal setting for the founder of the West End Country Club, if I do say so. Anywho, enjoy your draft selection show as I'm getting completely and utterly car parked tonight. <laughs> See you soon. See you soon on the best ESSR show available, SDL. Wish you were there. Get up, yous. Easy for me to say. Right, has anyone ever told you you have a career in reading audiobooks? Because. My childhood stammer nearly come back there. That was a bloody long. Surprise! Oh, God. I'm here! Yes! Hear ye, hear ye. Honestly, Ryan, that was a very poor effort, you know, with the stammering throughout. Like, you're not. You've not raised the bar very well as a full time host this time around. Do you know what, Hockney? You've not been here for a month. You should be happy I fucking did it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I go away for a well-deserved one month's vacation and I come back to this. It's literally a lot of a lot of stuff has changed. Were well, you not away for like 10 days and you were, you've not been on a show in a month? <laughs> yeah, I've not been on a show in a month because I the first half of that was basically wallowing in my very poor performance last season and the other half was basically getting a much-needed vacation. Poor me, poor me. So... Anybody who's who's missed it, let me fill you in. David, yes, is not competing this season. Uh, I was mentioned in the statement, but he probably already fell asleep by the time Brian got to that bit. Uh, he's not competing this season, but he will be still providing his brand of analysis here on FDL. So, like many critics out there, he is commenting on something that he himself cannot do. And he's just back from Croatia, where his tan has went from, you know, the shade of white of the ghost of Christmas past, to now he's looking something more of the white shade of the ghost of Christmas future. So, <laughs> still white, but he's he's getting there. He'll he'll tan one of these days. Hey, listen, if I compared my tan to yours, I think we'd know who's who's definitely got the the better skin tone at the minute. I'd rather not compare tans right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> keep your keep your shirts on around me, Mister Hockney. Come back next week for the live show. <laughs> yeah. Saturday draft live only fans <laughs> tonight. I, say, I don't get my I don't get my tap bath for free. Anyway, it's a unique show. Uh, this first one of the season. Usually it is because it's all of us looking back at the teams, both ours and everybody else's, and providing our brand of analysis. But we got a little bit extra to give you because, like I said on Monday, we're like an over anxious, you know, baby face where we decided we don't need to wait until a pay-per-view to start the scoring. We're going to do it right now. And I was going to ask you guys, I know, David, you weren't there, but your thoughts on how this has kind of worked out, the idea of, like, you know, giving it a bit more time, let everybody see how the landscape, you know, shakes out after, you know, SummerSlam, the finale of the previous season, where it was always, it was never in doubt that the outcome would be Jack winning, but it gives us a chance to look at some potential main hatters for the following season, and then it did believe we would take stuff into account for for the Monday that night. So people were making choices based on that. Some people were picking Champa, thinking he would retain. Some people thought Lashley, mm -hmm. thinking he would win. Some people thought Lashley would retain. And we know how that uh, worked out. And, you know, I think it led to some picks that had we recorded that selection show sooner, sooner wouldn't have happened. Like, if we recorded that, like, days after, just a few days after SummerSlam, like, 
Canyon Cross would not be anywhere near that, but all of a sudden, with a week to reflect, suddenly Canyon Cross is a must-have pick. I mean, you literally turned a really simple question to a very long, confusing paraphrase there, but yeah, um, I've been watching SummerSlam and the end of the season quite closely. I mean, there was no doubt Jack was going to win, all because of you know the the cheat code that is Tony, that is a uh, big Tony, uh, big Tony. Yeah, that's how we'll just call him now. Um, but yeah, following the the outcome of SummerSlam, I mean, lo- the landscape has completely changed. You know, even straight from the Monday after, you've got returning faces, you've got um, folk that you know are forming new stables, folk that have come back from injury, and also just folk that were released last year or have been MIA for so long that you never even would even considered, you know, they'd be selected in this, in this round, which is, um, and I think this is going to make the following season very, very interesting, especially with triple H under the, under the power of creative control at the minute. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this season goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think it, it did give us a chance to like reflect and, and everything. Uh, on the what was going to be set up because you know then we also got the with the trio tour and people were picking some AEW picks based on that so I think maybe there could be a precedent for maybe giving more time between the end of one season and uh, the beginning of the next going forward. Yeah, it was a weird dynamic because with a almost with a full week after SummerSlam and no scoring, that gave us a lot of time to see what was happening, especially with Triple H running things as you said. And we could kind of see a slight direction where things were going, so it was a bit easier in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the fact, I want to add, we did it on the Monday before Raw the following week, because usually when we do draft show, Raw has happened, sometimes NXT's happened, and that kind of mm-hmm. gives like a bit of advantage for going in into uh, shows because we know what's going to happen. But we kind of had a clean slate in that sense because we'd seen one of every show since SummerSlam. So that was also, I like that in that sense for the six day draft. Yeah, definitely, because like usually summer usually SmackDown is still to happen when we do make a selection. So you are always thinking in the back of your mind, could something happen to someone who I picked that appears on SmackDown that immediately fucks it for me before the season really kicks off and it really did give you that feeling of the season starts now. Because usually it's, yeah the season started, but technically not start until the following Monday when the score starts. But given that we recorded that and then Raw was just a few hours later the gates of like all right, it's go time. It's starting. It's happening now. Kind of thing, and it's led us in the first week. The first week's usually pretty slow. Uh, score wise, you know, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as they say. But we have a three-way tie for twelve points. We have AJ Styles. Uh, we have AJ Styles on twelve points. I can't exactly remember what AJ did on on Raw, but he's got a US title shot this Monday against Bobby Lashley, so that'll be very interesting for him. But unsurprisingly, we got Kai and Sky as separate picks. They were not picked as a tag team early doors as I suspected they would be. But they were both on 12 points after they advanced in the first round of the women's tag team tournament. Uh, not really going to break down each pick because we're, we could probably do that when we get to people's individual teams. But Dave, looking at those three, mm-hmm. any surprises that these three, not only are they in the top three to start off, but they're all in the same points value? Yeah, I mean, Bailey's stable in particular, you know, that's, I think that was one of the big talking points coming out of SummerSlam. You know, she's been mm-hmm. back after a year. Dakota Kai gets re-signed and Io Shirai reappears after quite a lengthy absence on NXT, especially following rumours that, you know, she was done with NXT and going back to Japan. 
So it, I think it's really good to see them competing as a tag team as well. And you just know that they're going to be sort of the main heel characters going forward in Raw's women's division. And I'm genuinely surprised nobody took them as a tag team because you could have got 12 points just for the both of them together. And you hmm. would you would take it away from someone that wouldn't uh, would be taken away from getting those additional points. AJ, though, was a bit of a surprise because I know he's in a feud with The Miz at this stage, but I didn't think just like a DQ win and maybe a couple of appearance points would get him as much as 12 points. But then again, he has uh, got the captaincy applied on him, so I suppose that has got to be the, the contributing factor, as is with uh, Bailey's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ryan, I'm assuming that you're... I'm assuming that you're very happy here because you have EO Sky on, on your team. So a good start for you with the, the chances are that they're the favourites to win this women's tag team tournament. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely the direction I wanted to go in. Uh, as soon as Dakota Kai went as a singles pick, I had to make that shift quickly. I knew that uh, EO Sky, that's very, um, this is very confusing by the way, um, had to be picked by myself and I'm surprised no one in between me and Ryan picked them because I know there's like mm-hmm. three people in between us or something like that so yeah. yeah but I'm surprised no one picked us at all and I'm happy I got her yeah we should remind people that when you pick somebody who then goes into a tag team you still get championship points for them as a singles competitor even if they win a tag team title uh, there's no mm-hmm. change and, and that just means that they now compete as a singles competitor out with the tag team occasionally against a team, someone from a team they're feeding with, then you'll get the match points. Whereas if you had them as a tag team and one half of them computes in a singles match, then you wouldn't get points as them as a tag team. So I do agree with you that I was confused. I was kind of, there was a couple of people between like you, Ryan, and me, because uh, they were one of my choices for the tag team. So I'd already picked Bailey. When it came back around to me, I was wondering if they would slip by and I could get the whole stable. Yeah, you know, as the one, you know, so that didn't uh, quite work out as I'd, as I'd hoped, but I'm happy with the tag team that I did get, but you guys think that, I think I may have mentioned this on the selection show, but I think the idea of the tag teams being able to be picked any round that change that was made this season kind of caused some people to almost mm. forget. Oh yeah, um, I think, especially with the non-est, like, with the likes of Siobhani and Adam Pierce no longer legal choices, we kind of need a little spanner in the works, and if you put tag teams in any round, you have to make, it makes the draft hard in a sense, because they can go as single picks any time as well, and you'd mm-hmm. be hate, almost like hated out of it, so you have to pick a weak tag team later on if you don't get a decent one, mm-hmm. and I feel like some people caught that on quite early, especially with uh, Dakota Kai getting picked as a single early, same with Montez Ford. Mm, I think that, people, was, that was deliberate. I think some people kind of almost for like, were so keen because they thought, oh, well, I can start off with getting a couple of big singles picks. So they were keen to do that, but then it got to like the second or third round where they kind of were like, oh, wait, I just remember the tag team. Whereas there wasn't as much of an urgency to get like one of the better tag teams right off the gate as there would have been in past seasons, I thought. I, I, will, t- I will tell you one thing while I'm here uh, with all the tag teams. I wasn't sure how to approach the tag team dra- for the draft this season, right? So I got myself some special counsel, right? So I (laughs) got no other than my predecessor, David Campbell, and asked him what he thought. And he literally said, just draft them as if they're a normal wrestler. So just forget the fact they're a tag team. 
if they're if whose are high up anyway, gonna pick pick those early, street profits early, etc. etc. You don't think about that. And I think that was I I'm glad I did that in last time because I would have bombed that otherwise. Oh, I did that anyway. But <laughs> um I thought it was an interesting dynamic and I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. So we're gonna quickly go over to the top ten and start off the, the first week of the draft again, like I said. It's not really an indication of where things are going to go. There's still so much to come. In a couple of weeks, we had three big pay-per-view late events in the one like weekend at the start of September. So that will really be the determining factor for how most of the season probably plays out. So we start off, we have uh, Gary Kernan and number with eight points at number ten. The team versus the name that will thankfully never never go away. We have Andy Mitchell returning to the the show as. Vincent Mann's financial advisors at 14 points. And we have a, a three-way tie for 15 points. We have the Wilson Wankers, one of the most accurate draft names in history. Uh, myself at uh, Ding Dong Cowboy Shit. And the full-bodied Bordeaux with its Ross team all tied for 15 points. Then there's another two-way tie, Ryan, at least your team, uh, Ryan's Redeemers, question mark. And What's the Fenaki, which is the returning Graham McRobbie's team, <laughs> Well, uh, and then we jump up a little bit to 18 points, which is Ryan Gallagher returning with the name he's used before, North Men, South Bend Comrades. So, and then we have with 20 points, Balls, Jericho, Dan, Axel, Jameson, you know, proving to be one of the smarter, you know, listeners league competitors we've had so far. It seems like he, he started off well in second place and anybody smarter than bloody Adam Kelly drafting it, transferring out fucking... Carmelo, he's I still can't get over that fucking idiot. And then Jack, you know, despite you know Cockney's claim, you know it makes it difficult when you draft from last. Jack is still managed that as he in the first week is at number one with the three-time draft, three-time kings of drafting at twenty-three points. Obviously, no indication as to how long the season will go. But Jack, despite picking last, being last week season winner, he's starting off the best position he could possibly be. Yeah, I'm honestly. He's not here. He's not. I'm not talking about him. That's my decision. Uh, David, are you in agreement? Yeah, I mean, only Jack could pull off winning three times a draft, draft from last place, and finish the first week at the top of the table. But then again, I suppose the timing of it was a little bit in his favour because he was able to get both Bobby Lashley and Gunter, who had mm. two successful title defences this week, and I think that's what's really boosted him up the table this week. So I suppose there's that added factor of knowing what's coming in the following week uh, for this instance. And then obviously Asuka and Edge sort of backs him up with a couple extra appearance points here and there. Both of, well, Asuka's got a big match at Clash at the Castle planned and a six-woman tag match as well. So you never know, Jack could be in line for some big points as long as his two mid-card champions get more defences along the way. Once, twice, three times a draft win. I know, and three times a wanker. <laughs> uh, before we go into everybody's scene, which is what we're all here for, is there anything happening in the Listeners League that we should pretend to give a shit about? Nope. I will add one thing, actually. The amount, how many seasons have we done this with the Listeners League? Like five or six? At least, yeah. Right? Yeah. Every time we tell them, you have until Monday to pick your team, there is Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Rampage, Dynamite to watch. In between then, what do they do? On the Monday <laughs> before the deadline, they put their teams in. 
and this is my major gripe because they don't learn. You can literally watch the four other shows, learn more, and then pick your team. But no. No yeah, wonder they're in that fucking league. No fucking You know, I think, I think that's why I'm so shocked that Dan Axel Jameson shows any sort of common sense because compared to everybody else in that, but he lives in his league, he's fucking Einstein. So, I mean, he is sitting second at the top of the table, which is, I believe, the highest a listener's league performer has gotten so far in the main draft. So, I mean, fair play to Dan. You know, I think he had his head screwed on for the team selection. That's only yeah, one, but yeah, he did, he did quite yeah. well. Yeah, let's not let's not be prepared to give him his pats on the back just yet. We'll see how he we'll see how he goes. So, I believe Gary Kernahan picked first. I think we'll go in order of like selection. So we'll start off with Gary Kernahan's team uh, for the draft selection. And Gary, I was interested to see what would happen when Gary, you know, got the first pick. Would he go for the Titan or would he, you know, take advantage of this new convention that we have with Titan? Don't need to be picked right out of the gate. And he, he didn't do that. He went with a, a singles pick. He went for Roman Reigns as his number one pick. Then he went FTR. He got Adam Cole, Alexa Bliss. Stop it. Kevin <laughs> Owens and Rowdy, Ronda Rousey. Uh, Rousey and Roman. I didn't think either of them would show up this week. But then Buddy Ronda Rousey showed up with a big bag of money on on SmackDown to pay off the fine of our suspension, which made me think, ah, oh, I thought we had a break for you for a few more weeks. But... So he's got two picks who are on zero points so far. Again, it's only the first week, you know, but Roman, again, he's going to be very sprague. We know he's going to be at Clash at the Castle, but other than that, I don't expect he'll have a major, like, match until maybe around the time of the, the upcoming Saudi show at the end of October, start of November time. FDR seems like they might be going after the tag titles in AEW this season. Uh, some okay picks in the later bit. Rousey, due to get back in the ring very soon. This is paid off a suspension. Dave, as the man who had the first position, what do you think of Gary's uh, selection? Because obviously he makes his first pick, but then it's Nate Draft. There's a very mm. few people who can go between his first and second pick. I mean, it's it looks pretty good on paper. It's just that I think is uh, I think the problem is is that the appearances are going to be quite sporadic, especially since Cole is still sort of on the injured list. Alexa Bliss is still trying to find her momentum. Kevin Owens has just sort of reinvented himself a bit, and Rousey is going to be sort of going back and forth along with Roman Reigns, given her suspension, Roman's work on a lighter schedule. I think this could let Gary down in the short term, but if he's going for big points on pay-per-view and stuff, he certainly could make a a bounce back. But So it, I don't think it's really a surprise he's sitting at the bottom of the table at the minute despite drafting first, because he basically had full, full control on who he wanted in his team from the get-go. Yeah, Ryan, I don't know about you. I think this is kind of a wait-and-see kind of team. Like, we're yet to see how good this team can truly be in the first week. Yeah, as David said, good in paper. Uh, at first glance, it doesn't really wow me. But I think, surprisingly, you're, uh, where I think the points might actually come from are pot five and six. I think Kevin Owens at round five is huge, especially with the rumours that uh, he might be getting bit more momentum and especially showing against Ezekiel in Raw. Um he's not he's not gonna beat about the bush anymore. And Ronza Rousey appearing on television despite a suspension. Uh that just mm-hmm. that like because that was the main worry with Ronda Rousey didn't know how long she's gonna be off television for and she's back already. So that is huge for Gary and he'll be looking at that. In terms of uh like Bliss Cole, I'm not entirely sure how much they'll score. FDR as you said um they're going after tag titles, and with Roman Reigns, I just 
I'm surprised he went first, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to get packed around one or maybe two, but um, I just he's not going to be on every week, and that really worries me, especially for round one. I think, you, I think everyone would just to like, kind of have him for when he does show up, get those you know additional points, especially in the idea like yeah. Rowan mainly only wrestles now in title matches, so those going to give advantage of those title points when he does show up, but. You know, again, that's going to be very few and far between. Bliss, I think, is going to be able to get some wins in the short term and appearances, but he's going to take a few losses at the hands of this new Bailey stable, I think, going forward. And Cole, I think, he's not going to score for a few weeks because outside of appearances because he's still not medically cleared, which is obviously caused him and uh, Fish and O'Reilly to not be able to take part in the tag team tournament, uh, the, tri- the trios tournament. Because you can't really have a trios competing when only one of them is healthy enough to wrestle, because that would be unfair on poor Bobby Fish. So we'll see what happens uh, with Team Versor going forward. But Grammy Robbie May's return to the draft, and he had a very was very AEW heavy. The only WWE really to pick is Brock Perez, and he's NXT, so no main roster picks on Grammy Robbie's team. It took interim AEW champion John Moxley, which is served very well, who's on 11 points, but everyone else has really just got a one a single point to start off with. we got Claudio Castagnoli, Swerve and Lee as the tag team's current tag team champions. I believe they're setting up a tag team tail defence next week between them and private parties with some big tail points for the Kevin Grant's way. Roxanne Perez, as I said. you got Tony Storm, I believe now again the number one contender for the women's title. And Malachi Black, who is competing alongside the rest of the House of Black in the uh, Trios tournament. Mm. Yeah, this is quite interesting because obviously, well, Grant's sticking to what he knows. I mean, that's fair play to him. No one can really fault him for that. And obviously, Moxley getting the AEW title defense in there has definitely helped him out in the first week. Although CM Punk has now returned, so we could see a bit of a, a back and forth between those two. Whether or not he retains remains to be seen. Although I have heard reports that Malachi Black is actually dealing with a back injury. Quite a serious yeah. one as well. Yeah, it looks quite a long term from what I saw as well. So it looks like Grant could already be down one person. It's interesting that they've already they've still announced them though. Like they didn't announce Undisputed Elite for it because, again, two of them aren't fully medically. We don't know how bad they are, but they still announced House of Black despite the the trio's tournament then being already announced for the tournament. So you think it's a case of like Malachi just doesn't tag in in that tournament, or do you think he just doesn't wrestle at all and they, they debut someone new? Um, I pro- probably won't. I w- they probably won't make him wrestle, I doubt, mm. especially if it's serious. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of person where, like, outside of that um, uh, match, I think they'll, they'll have him on television, perhaps still next to Brody Lee, but Brody Lee will do all the hard work. But mm. I don't know to what degree they'll put that into effect. Yeah, it's interesting to see where this team will, will help. I mean, on one side, you do have to say there are two EW pay-per-views this season, so he's got some people who could definitely get a pay-per-view appearance points for him to help uh, balance out the lack of you know WWE representation. Uh, Claudio and, and Moxley will be on TV regularly, even if Moxley isn't the champion because of the Batgold Combat Club. He's such a big feature nowadays. Yeah. Bear in mind, though, even though, you bear in mind, even though Claudio is Ring of Honor champion, he won't get championship points. Yeah. Yes, as uh, uh, sort of thing. Do you think uh, the arm was aware of that? Mm, possibly. 
Maybe I still think we should have a discussion on whether or not that, that should remain a thing, but that's just that's just my own thing. He definitely yeah. is investing in the Blackpool Combat Club for sure. Oh, there's yeah, definitely yeah. value there. Yeah, mm. I'm surprised no one tried to take a couple of members, random members of the Blackpool Combat Club, you know, as a as a tag team because they're always seemingly together. Or did anyone really? Nobody really did a point on Brian Danielson either, given that you know I think he's returned on Rampage, so he'll be back in the ring soon. Uh, it's yeah. just interesting to see how this has worked out, but. Going over to our Listeners League competitor, Dan Axel Jameson, he was the first to draft the tag team. He, I think his position right now was helped by the fact he was third overall to pick. And if you're going to be the first to pick a tag team, you got, you're got who else are you going to pick but the Usos, who are currently on six points, you know, and a big thing with Drew McIntyre last night. Uh, he's got a few, a few champions on his team. He's also got Wardlow, TNT champion, and TBS champion Jade Cargill, currently undefeated. He's also got Nikita Lyons from... Uh, as a second one's pick from NXT, he's seen really big things for her. We've got Ricochet, hoping that Ricochet will uh, will start to get some mountain again, maybe under Triple H. And then interestingly, a guy who I think will maybe set a new standard as a no, as a non-wrestling pick is that Stokely Hathaway. He seems to be recruiting all sorts of people. You know, he's trying to recruit Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, and even recently on Rampage and Dynamite, he's been trying to recruit the Ass Boys away from their father. So you know, again on paper. Dan may have one of the stronger listeners' league teams we've ever seen. I definitely agree with that. I think, especially with uh, Stokely, like obviously, I don't think he'll score to the the high ends of Tony Schiavone, kind of like the the two point uh, not as good as the old fashioned NXT, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, um, if, round six. If you're getting three appearance points every week, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna ban eyelid at that. You're you're gonna take it, especially your first time in the main league. Uh, also, in the Kate Alliance, uh, they might give her and Zoe Starks a good showing in this tournament. So they might get through to, they might get through. They won't win it, but they might get through a few rounds, and that's on top of NXT appearances. Mm-hmm. So that's great, and you can't argue against the Usos third pick. Yeah, uh, and with Triple H in control, you imagine he's going to try and shed some spotlight on his NXT graduates a little bit. But oh, yeah. the Usos, Usos was a no-brainer. Like probably the most dominant tag team we've seen in the draft in a long time and getting them first round. Yeah, definitely a, a winning formula right there, especially given that most of the, the winners in the draft draft from number three. Well, there you go. So our look, it's our number 27. If this was the Royal Rumble. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, I think the one thing that's going to let Dan down is Ricochet because mm. after losing the intercontinental title, he hasn't really had much going for him. And it looks like he's going to be in a, a little undercard feud with happy Corbin, but uh, Corbin yeah. Is- I mean, Corbin doesn't win all these feuds, to be fair. He's good at you know, giving us a ball each other people, and maybe Triple H wants to use this feud to help you know, springboard him back up the upper mid-card a little bit. You could, you never know. Wardlow is TNT champion, and you know, JSTBS champion. They tend to defend their belts fairly regularly, and you know, with all out coming up, it could be interesting to see how those two work out. Uh, and also, whenever Jade shows up, she is currently managed by Stokely Hathaway, so We'll get a points for Stokely as well whenever Jade shows up. The Usos, I agree with you a bit, Donald. I think the last, they've always been a consistent team other than that brief period where uh, I believe it was Jimmy who was injured for a prolonged period of time in 2020, early 2021. But they've been a consistent team other than that time. I think the last team that have such a dominant run than the Usos like last couple of seasons, maybe like when Sasha and Bailey were a tag team, but they weren't even picked yeah. as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Just singles, yeah. 
you know, but they still had the tag team belts and they ran Russia across all three of the major WWE brands. So Usos are definitely uh, a must-have team for to die for getting them. We have uh, Ross getting Drew McIntyre. Whether or not he wins a glass of the castle, Drew's probably going to come out of this with a big feud with Karrion Cross. So Drew's always going to be a major, major factor and probably always be in consideration for a first-round selection. Drew's on 10 points right now. Uh, then the rest of the team is still a bit slow. You've got Scarlett, who will always appear whenever Karen Cross does. you got The Judgment Day. I always like to say it like that. The Judgment Day. Uh, who, I, I, you know, I don't think he... Anyway, I don't think he, he picked them for the right reason. He said he was trying to take two singles picks off the board, but there were still so many other tag teams you know, available. I don't know if that was the right choice. You got Shayna Baszler, Gina Bromwich, who was in a contract signing segment with Liv Morgan last night, and he's got Pac, you know, who is on zero. But like with the whole All Atlantic thing, he is going to be competing in the Trios tournament, so he's finally going to show up for 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 work properly this week, hopefully. And then you got Braun Breaker, who despite being the NXT champion, is on zero so far. So Braun, I don't have much in issue. It depends on how much longer they want to keep him. And NXT it does have a a title defence coming up next week against J.D. McDonough. So we'll see what happens with, with that outcome. But other than maybe one or two picks here, I don't think Ross has scored the best, especially with his tag team and the choice of pack, because I don't think the All-Atlantic is going to score as some other championships will. Yeah, pack was a bit of a a bit of an anomaly. I mean, he, I get, you know, he's competing in the trios tournament as well, which I suppose might be the saving grace, but... If he was banking on championship points with the All-Atlantic Championship, I think he might be disappointed because I think that title was created specifically to be defended in other promotions or on dark or dark elevation. So, and obviously those don't count. So I think Ross might have, yeah, might have been a bit overeager with the selection of Pac. I'm not sure about the status of Braun Breaker, but if he is to lose to Jordan Devlin, then maybe a main roster call-up might actually yeah. do him some good. JD Madonna, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they look similar, but, you know, they're definitely different people. Oh, come on. It's not Elias and Ezekiel, is it? <laughs> Where's well, that tag think... team match going? <laughs> <laughs> but the pack thing, I don't, maybe the only thing, like you said, is the trios tournament, because I think if the Bucks, you know, I don't, the, the whole teasing right now, will they, won't they with, uh, will they, won't they with Hangman? And, you know, if they end up, don't end up winning and, you know, the Undisputed Elite aren't competing in it because of injuries. You think outside of those two trios, you think the the other favourites to do it may be the Death Triangle because I think you know other than maybe the Dark Order who are competing as they are a group that's probably been together longest out of everybody hmm. competing in this tournament. I think Death Triangle would be a dark horse for the trios hmm. tournament, but I think you have to bet on the Young Bucks and whoever their partner is. I mean, it could be Hangman, whoever knows, it could be Kenny Omega for all we know. Who knows? Uh, Ryan, what do you think about Drew and Shane? Because I think. Their overall success in the season might be determined by whether or not they walk out as champions come clash at the castle. Um, I have two very different opinions on both of these matches. Uh, I'll start with Shayna. I want Shayna to beat Liv. I don't mm-hmm. think she will because I've always wanted Shayna to be a WWE Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. And she should have been two or three years back when they first brought her on. Agreed. Um, and if I didn't, especially after that... Um, Elimination Chamber match with Asuka and mm-hmm. the Riot Squad in there just absolutely annihilated everybody. That should have been it from there. 
they're never capitalising that and should never look the same since. So I think she should be a women's champion, but I don't think they'll do it so soon. Uh, Drew, um, they're building up like he has to win it, but I don't think he will. Or if he does, there might be some outside changes. Let's just say with a certain cash in. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) I think think Theory will cash in on Drew in Wales. Well, we'll come back to Theory later on. Funny you should say that, Ryan, because we actually discussed that on Central. And if that were to happen, you you just know that Austin Theory would get nuclear heat from that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. But yeah, other than that, uh, not a lot of this team wows me. Um, you could tell when Ross was on the Bordeaux when he picked Scarlet by the time he got to pick and pack. <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate a guy that loves a good Bordeaux, so... I'm more of, of a... Uh, I'm Vindel kind of man. Hey, listen, we only drink the finest here at the West End Country Club, although we have a good selection of Sauvignon Blanc and Chablis as well. I wish I knew you were talking about, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Theory cashing in at Classic Castle would be the most shocking thing to happen in Wales since the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special a few years ago. But, you know, you (laughs) talked about wanting Shana to win at Classic Castle. Someone who doesn't want Shana to win is Andy Mitchell, who has Liv Morgan in his team, the current SmackDown Women's Champion. He also has Tommaso Ciampa, who's on zero after his loss to Bobby Lashley this past week. He's got Rosa, 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 current AEW Women's Champion. He's got hey, oh, hey, the Angelo family eh, of Stax and Tony D as a tag team. He's got AJ Styles, like he is his captain, which is a smart choice. Right now, with the uncertainty of whether or not Love will be champion in a few weeks, eh, and the self doubt with AJ being on 12 points. And then he's got Christian, Christian, at last. He's in the crowd. Anyway, uh, so it's weird to see where Andy's going. I mean, Andy didn't have the best luck with Ross as a tag team partner, but he's hoping to prove that Ross was the weaker link of the two going forward. He's, mm-hmm. He made his feelings known about the whole Shane McMahon fiasco of that team. But, you know, other than AJ so far, it's been it's been slow starting out the, out the gates for old Andre Michel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he definitely took a gamble with Tommaso Ciampa. And to be honest, if I were Triple H, I'd have done the same, you know, because, you know, he's one of Triple H's little protégés and stuff. Uh, he has sort of made a name for himself, despite, you know, pairing with The Miz. You know, he still stands stands on his own two feet as a bit, as a bit of a solid singles competitor. So you never know. I mean, he might bounce back from this. But AJ, though, I mean... I mean, what a way to kick off, you know, putting the captaincy on him, getting the win over the Miz and stuff, which has been quite good. I'm not sure about D'Angelo family, though. That might be a bit of a stretch, especially if if Big Tony's going to be mostly in singles action. He's got a one-on-one against Santos Escobar at that point. But, you know, if, if Santos loses, he leaves NXT. So could this be a sign of Legado del Fantasma getting moved to the main roster? I think so. I think so. I think that's the direction they're going to take, to be honest. Yeah, because they, they, they as a stable have been vastly underappreciated, and I think they would suit the main roster quite well. I think the situation is that they have, they have to stay, but he has to leave, so the idea of like, he's trying to break up uh, Escobar's like, family, mm. I suppose. So, who knows, I think Escobar kind of has to win that one, but the bright side for Randy is that, you know, Donnie really won't lose that many points from 
from losing to Escobar, given that he's a, a tag team competitor. Yeah, th- the problem with uh, another problem I see with Andy's team is I think, I mean, well, it's not a bad idea to draft the SmackDown Women's Champion first. The fans are starting to be a bit fickle with Liv Morgan, I think. You know, literally weeks before they were cheering their heads off about her winning, and yeah. now they're saying, like, nah, we're not we're not interested anymore. It's uh I think it's gonna be hit and miss between her and Shayna at Clash at the Castle. But you know, Ryan, as you said, Shayna is long overdue a women's title reign, and now the fans seem to be getting fickle with Liv. It's a yeah. shame as well. I think that finish at SummerSlam really casts a dark cloud over how people look at her title reign, which it isn't really that isn't really fair because again, like you said, Liv should have had this take kind of rain like ages ago. Yeah, so should Shayna. Well, yeah, that's fair, but no, it's, it's been there it's, longer though. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's not get into these kind of semantics here. But Ryan, you oh, we had some questions about your team come the selection show. Now it's time for you. Let us know your picks and tell us why. Tell me why you have made these picks. Right, so I went with Austin Theory first round. Um, a lot of people didn't like that pick, but I generally do have a hunch that he's going to cash him to announce Survivor Series. That's why I wanted him off the table. Then I went with Eo Sky. Not Shirai. Not, not Kai. Eo Shirai. Uh, Eo <laughs> <laughs> <Yo> Sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, because um, Dakota Kai went as well, so I wanted to go her. And then after that, the tag teams were dropping, so I went for the hunch of Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. Then I went with Karrion Cross because of the recent appearance on SmackDown. Cora Jade, because I think she won the food again over Roxanne Perez, but I could be wrong. And Sami Zayn, because of the amount of exp- uh, point, uh, appearance points she's been getting on the last couple of SmackDowns with the Usos trying to get in the locker room. Um, yeah, um, you get any questions? Banks and Naomi, that is yeah. very, very bold. I mean, it's, you know, we always take a pick, you know, just take a punt on it, assuming they'll return at some point. This is that moment. And I'm assuming, is it is it because you think they're going to try and wedge their way into the women's tag team title tournament in some capacity? So the rational thought, obviously the tag team choices were going and I decided with the risk of picking them, and the risk of the amount of points I could potentially lose if they don't show up at all is that much because I think the quality of the tag teams by that time were already diluted and I wasn't interested in anybody else. So I was willing to take a punt in terms. Like, I'd rather take a punt and go for them and they score well and I, I can win the season that way. I can't win the season picking the Mysterios. You know what I mean? Um, I mean you, you took a couple of punts, especially, you know, as you said, with Austin Theory hoping uh, for a cash-in, but he's been absent lately due to a family family yes. issue. Yeah. Um, I believe a, a close family member passed away. Yeah, it was, it was his uncle, I think. Yeah. Um, but my approach this season was essentially, there's been a lot of changes in hierarchy, so I went all WWE and I just went, these people are going to get pushed and I'm going to try and capitalise on it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I was surprised at how many appearance points Sami Zayn got this week as well because I was doing the scoring for SmackDown and I thought, Sami Zayn's popping up quite a lot here. So you never know. I think he could be a bit of a dark horse in terms of appearance points. He was on three or four last SmackDown as well previously. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm banking on. He doesn't have to wrestle. He doesn't have to win matches. If he just turns up every week uh, a couple of times per SmackDown, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Most appearances for a fifth-round pick as well after the first week. 
So you could be setting a trend here. Yeah. I think your whole theme here was like some people who maybe have let you down in the past, uh, <laughs> Ryan, to, to bring them back, you know, redeem them and everything. Theory is the only one who's not been on your team, so he could fuck up for you this time around. Mm. Yeah. I'm being picked first round, I was, again, unsure about, because yeah, unlike last season when he was picked first round, you know, he was coming off a big match at WrestleMania, he was being set up for US title reign. Also, none of us could have foreseen that he would win money in the bank, but that was still a big thing when it happened. But, yeah. you know, this time around, I'm less sure, given that, obviously, since Vince has left, his creative you know, direction has been unclear. He's just been made to... He's just been battered by just about everybody on the roster for multiple weeks in a row. Thanks yeah. to Naomi. I appreciate the boldness of that decision, especially given that, you know, you. with the new regime, that they might want to, you know, send that all over and, you know, look, we've got actual teams now. We're actually doing a tournament this time around. Look, I'll book you right. Come on, come on. Here you come. Uh... So you never know what happened, and then plus with EO and to go mm. possibly the likely winners of that tournament, a potential feud between those two would be uh, a good appearance getter. Carrying Cross, especially the rumours would be believed that he'll be pushed very heavily into the, the championship scene, the main event scene. Yeah. That could pay off the events, obviously. That's again where that will send a break paid off because obviously Carrying Cross would have been nowhere near anybody's team, but now. Going across seems like a hot commodity, as I said before, given his, uh, his surprise appearance on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I went for new. I just want new, the new mm. hotness, the new thing to go for, and I've just picked them all. You did, the, you did that with EO Sky brilliantly. You know, they're the hot new faction, and, you know, already scoring you 12 points right off the bat. That's probably the smartest decision you made in the selection. It's interesting yeah, because when be- she was... It's interesting because when she was still at Io Shirai, there would be times where she would fit, even when she was NXT Women's Champion, we'd still be like, I don't know, will she be that strong of a fit like Derek? Uh, and he's one of the only season, picked her first round, and we were kind of, I felt bad for it, but we were kind of giving him stick for it. But this may be the first time that Io properly delivers on the potential that she has as a as a solid draft pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think on paper, I'm a big one of the weaker teams right now. But if my hunches go correctly, you should be watching where I end up. Yeah, it's all based on hunches right now. Let's see where that goes. But now it's time to talk about me. Can I talk about me for a second? Can I get a word in? Jesus. Uh, my team, and despite where I was picking, I think I got a lot of who I really wanted. And I think I got some some solid people that really, I think some people may have forgotten about. First round, I took advantage of single pick being available. I took Bailey. I've taken Bailey as a first-round pick before. Didn't work out. She got injured and kept losing to Bianca Belair. But now I think she's in a prime position debuting with a new stable big trios match at Clack at the Castle. I think she's proud to take that belt from Bianca. I mean, Bianca said that belt since me. She beat Becky all the time. She's beat Asuka, Sonia, Carmella. Like, there's no shame in Bianca dropping that belt at this stage after such a long reign. Then I got the Young Bucks, who were my second choice tag team if I couldn't get Kai and Sky, because I think the Bucks, whether it's with Hangman or whoever else, they're still favourites, I think, to potentially walk out as the first ever trios champions uh, all out. And then if it's Adam Page, who teams with him, then I'll get championship points for him, because I got him third round. I think he really slipped down to be with Pecking Orr since losing the AEW title. And, you know, even if he doesn't, he'll still appear regularly, either with the Dark Order or his own thing, they maybe try and build him up to the main event scene again. 
Then I took Zoe Stark. Uh, she's the one I'm really the least sure about. She's on four points right now. She she got win, I think, on this week's NXT. She's challenging Mandy Rose for the title. Next week, she's also competing in this women's tie tournament. So I think there's some potential here. Then I've got Jungle Boy, because I think he kind of has to win this upcoming feud that he's got with Christian Maywell. will have a match at All Out. And whether he's wrestling with Lugosaurus or the singles guy, I think he's somewhere that AEW will want to feature prominently now that he's back. And then the only person who's not got any points because he didn't appear this week, but he's returning uh, next week on Raw, is Riddle. Who I think, you know, after the whole stuff with Roman and not winning money in the bank, he really needs something to, you know, get his momentum back. And I think a win over Seth Rollins come clash at the castle could be just the thing that he needs. You know, tied him over. You know, I think they see a lot of potential in Riddle. And so they'll probably be booking him strongly as a singles guy until Randy comes back uh, sometime next year. Yeah, um, I think Bailey uh, round one was a great choice. I think you saw straight away what was going to happen, uh, especially with uh, Hoddit and Doddit next to them. Uh, so I think <laughs> Bailey is a great choice. Big, yeah. big guy in the sky. Big guy in the sky, sure I Yeah, uh, <laughs> better than Bianca though. I don't know, but we'll, I, I, I think mm. Bailey's in for a chance of maybe getting the title soon. But they might not want Bianca dropping it. Uh, Young Bucks, yeah, they're they're probably gonna now they're gonna do well in this tournament. And I think Adam Page will be involved in some extent mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, it's a sure and Zoe start. I think I don't think she'll beat Mandy, but I think beyond that, she'll still score you quite well, especially with her involvement in this tournament and SmackDown as well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, worry about that too much yet. Uh, Jungle Boy is gonna be crushing Cage. That's just that's just happening. Um, I don't think there's much dispute about that. Um, I don't know where the program goes beyond that, but that's the direction right now. As for Riddle, that's a steal round six personally if he's back in row next week. Mm-hmm. And if, but the only worry is I think Seth's very overdue a victory, very overdue, and I think Matt Riddle might be getting a bite for it. Imagine if we get them at Clash at the Castle. But um, looking at your team. It's this one's a bit hit and miss because I think Bailey and the Bucks are safe bets to know to do well both in their respective programs. Paige obviously might pop up here and there, but Zoe Stark, Jungle Boy, and Riddle, it could go either way. There's a lot of uncertainty with that second half of the team, but that's not to say it's that's not to say it's not a, a bad team because it actually is quite good on paper. Um, I hope Zoe Stark gets the push after returning from injury. Jungle Boy wins the feud against Christian. And for your sake, I hope Hangman teams with the Bucks to win the Trios tournament. So, I mean, this could have a lot of potential, just a lot of uncertainty about it. I think it's a solid team on paper. All out will be the kind of the determining factor. But, you know, I know they said, oh, Hangman, he's not going to team with the Bucks. He might be with the Dark Order or whatever. But I, I, I think all signs are pointing to the Bucks, you know, couldn't be in the final at the very least. And, you know, it'd be weird if they did all his teasing with Hangman and he didn't team with him. Like you said, there's always Omega or somebody that we've not thought of to team with him, but you know, I, I like Bianca. You know, she's been a solid pick for me in, in the last couple of seasons, consistent point scorer. She, she's been finishing in the top overall season the last few seasons, but again, I don't. you don't want her brain to go on too long. You know, again, like if it fans get fickle when they feel like title means either go on too long or become a bit stagnant or whatever. I think, you know, taking it off Bianca now, you know, you can always give her back at some point down the line, but it, it, it gets people invested in her, like, as she chases the belt back. 
Zoe Stark is the one I, again I keep saying I'm unsure about because she's in this major women's title match on NXT, but then she's also in this thing on the main roster where she's in a tag tournament. So like, and I'm annoyed that they've scheduled her her tag match after the the women's title match because now like, does she win the women's title match but then lose first round, or does she lose this and then go past the first round but then not go any further? Like. I don't know what exactly they're they're doing here with Zoe Stark, which is making me more and more unsure about my choice here. I definitely still think that the the uh, Kai Sky will come out with the the win at the the trios match at Classic Castle. Yeah, so that'll set the stage for like Kai and Sky against like Bliss and Asuka, like going forward for the tie belt, and Bailey maybe will get the pin to set up or set her up as a challenger for Bianca. Say like Extreme Rules, which I think is the next pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a six-woman tag match at Clash at the Castle, so it's Bailey could likely get points there. I think I definitely maybe it's not. Maybe some people might not say it's a winning team here, but I think this is a strong team on paper, especially given who the period I was. That there were so many rounds where I was like, oh, it's so and so still here, and so is this person. So I'm I'm happy with my selections. Like Riddle, I was even gonna get first. Like it was the last round. I thought this is where you take some punts. Maybe I'll take Hook or Ricky Starks or even. Max Dupree. But then I thought, like, no, Riddle. Like, Riddle was challenging for the university a few months ago. Like, why has he not already been bit? Fuck it, I'm taking Riddle. And I don't know. It's weird when Riddle seems like a risk in a draft, especially in the last round. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but um, it might pay off for you, Scott, so we'll just wait and see. Yeah. Someone who hopes it doesn't pay off for me in a couple of other senses is uh, Steve Wilson, because he has Bianca Belair and Seth Rollins, so uh, I wish him the very worst. Uh, he's also got the Creeds, who uh, did well for me in the latter half of last season as the NXT Tag Team Champions. He's got Rhea Ripley, who's been appearing more after her injury with the Judgment Day. Uh, he's got Carmelo Hayes, who would ever not want Carmelo Hayes. And he's got Wheeler Yuta, who also, you know, much like Claudio, being a Ring of Honor champion, he will not be getting appearance points for... He will not get any championship points if he defends that title on, a, on AWTV. But, you know, he's still a consistent person with, still consistent with the Blackpool Comic Club appearing on TV all the time. So, you know, who knows where Wheeler will go. I think it's his first proper time being picked as a singles competitor. Yeah, I think Steven's team's quite strong on paper, especially with Bianca and Seth. Hopefully Seth does worse for Steven than he did for me, and that's saying something. Uh, the one I've got my eye on is Rhea. Rhea around four is quite good, and I think she might have high things going for her. The only problem is the Judgment Day storyline-wise is a bit, or just them in general, has been quite weak-looking since Edge leaving. Looks a bit of a train wreck, to be honest. I don't know what they're going to do with any of them, but hopefully it works out for Rhea. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, he he's not going to be losing many wrestling matches, if I say so myself. Um, but I will say, I don't think the Creed brothers really excite me that much. Uh I'm not entirely sure about them, but overall, I think the team's quite strong. Oh, Kamar- how can I miss Camaro Hayes? One of the, the 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 robberies of the last season's draft. Uh, can I do the same here? Yes. Dave, what do you think? Uh, again, another good team on paper, but also an element of uncertainty because, you know, I mean, Bianca's been on a hell of a run, but is this where it starts to go downhill? Um... Seth Rollins is due a massive win as well. I hope he gets that over Riddle for Stephen's sake, especially with the captaincy applied. I think 
this team could certainly be a slow burner, especially with the Creed's and Carmelo Hayes, you know, potentially getting title defenses there and throughout. And Ray Ripley returning from injury is a huge benefit for for Judgment Day as a whole. Wheeler Utah, I think, might be the um the one to watch, given that, you know, his appearances may be sporadic across Dynamite and Rampage. And as you said, there's no title defenses for the for Wheeler Utah either. Yeah, um, I think Stevens banking on, you know, Bianca and Seth Rollins running rampant on Raw, whilst uh, the Creed's and Carmelo sort of try and get them the big points on NXT. Definitely a, a, a team I can really get behind, for sure. But again, it's just that element of uncertainty. Like, has the Bianca momentum ran its course a little bit? I don't think our momentum ran its course. I think that they might wrap up this particular tutorial because I think, you know, if you don't give it to Bailey, then how many threats do you really have left other than potentially bringing Charlotte back and putting her on Raw, which I don't think many people really want to see at this stage. So giving it to Bailey, let some other people chase it while Bianca's still on the on the periphery, maybe make Bianca win the Rumble again, continue the stuff with Bailey. Because you know, Bianca's been a real success story, I think, on the main roster for the last couple of years since the stuff with, with Banks and, and Becky at uh, SummerSlam last year. And the way they've been building her up. So I don't think you need to give her some like challenges and things to overcome. So taking the belt away from her temporarily, I think it's the smart decision. Going on to Ryan, he was picking second last and he's you know, uh, and he's big return to the draft. He's got the Miz first round, which was bizarre. And his Miz is only on three points so far. He got Dakota Kai, obviously scoring very well as we talked about. One test four is a singles but you got Anna J. Uh, the acclaimed, also a big fan of scissoring. Uh, acclaimed as his side team, fairly low down lower than everybody else's side team right now. And he's got ah damn Housen. very nice, very evil. Uh, as he the last round, but Dan Housen's still on one point he won that. Well, he lost actually a tie match alongside Eric Redbeard to the to the Ass Boys uh, last week, last night on Rampage. So. Who knows how Dan Housen will go? Dan hasn't been winning many matches. So uh, Ryan's got a, certainly a unique team. Ryan seems to have... He's one of the people who you look at it, he seems to have kind of a fuck-it attitude with some picks. Mm-hmm. But then there are times where he can, he can just like pull it out randomly. I mean, he's been smart with the Dakota Kai pick, but why he didn't do that first round, I'm baffled at. Because, I mean, why choose The Miz as a first-round pick when... He's basically scoring three points, and yet he's captain Dakota Kai, who should have been, I I argue, should have been first round. Like, he would have opened up a, another opportunity, maybe to swab, to snatch, maybe potentially EO Sky, if Jack stuck with his picks of Lashley and Gunter. So I, I think Ryan's definitely missed a trick there. He was quite smart with the Montez Ford pick, and with regards to his AEW picks, it doesn't exactly light the world on fire, shall we say. Yeah, I think. Anna J. Sorry, let me go around. No, no, when you go. Anna J. You know, is interesting. I mean, she's all over in picks, so I'm not that against. It. I think also by that point, a lot of major picks across both brands maybe been uh, purple like companies maybe been taken. But you know, she maybe appearing regularly as part of the GES and maybe against someone on like Rampage alongside Norpalti Conti in the women's division, maybe build her up as a, a heel challenger for Thunder Rosa at some point because they always. They need new challengers in the EW Women's Division. 
the acclaimed. I think he's just going off the kind of the pop, increasing popularity now that properly had a breakout, you know, feud with uh, the Ath Boys, and maybe they'll be built up as tag team, you know, type competitors. But as you know, I think if the acclaimed are as popular, you really need to capitalize on that. So, you know, Ryan, you know, we've seen in the past, Ryan likes to take risks, didn't we? Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they, they don't, and you get an Indo share situation. But, you know, I can see you think Dan Housen, like, I, I can't believe Dan Housen is in this draft and Grant McRobbie wasn't the one to pick him. Uh, sorry, Brian, what were you going to say? Uh, I've actually now forgotten. Uh, no, I don't have to say much more about the cow, but the quarter I've already kind of covered that. It kind of cut, uh, goes over Yo Sky. I got it right that time. Um, I do think going for Montez after it, you can definitely tell Ryan was like preying on tag teams, but preyed on tag teams that much he then forgot to pick a decent one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like like the Street Profits were clearly available if Montez was available. <laughs> So why did you draft Street Profits? But again, if only I didn't pick two of the good choices. <laughs> like if, the, if the Street Profits then end up breaking up, then it'll be we then be we then we can be sliding and we like because all your titans broken up. So maybe he's 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 confident that there's a um, Street Profits breakup coming at some point. That he wants to take Montez as a single because out of both of them, like for a long time, fans similarly have been picking Montez as like the breakout star of those two. Oh yeah, I think that's very quite clear that um, if there is a breakup, even to their own, I think Montez will score better than Angelo anyway. Yeah, so again, so you need one, especially for so late in the draft selection process. Given that he was so close to the snake draft, and you know he was just before this man, uh, Jack Jack Gray, and the man who we're going to talk about last, the man who couldn't be enough to be here uh, with his team. The team, the team that's brought me in first place. You know, like that Lashley and Gunther. Both this successful will take the defense as well as success continue when Lashley defends against AJ this this week on Raw. We'll see Mandy Rose again. Someone else is going to have title uh, title match next week defending our NXT Women's title. He's got quite a few champions. He's also got Katana champs and Caden Carter, the new women's tag team champions. Women's tag champs, you know, they can be hit or miss. So we'll see how that goes. Especially the NXT Women's, they always haven't always been the biggest scorers. Uh, he also has Asuka, who I think. My thoughts on her, you can see see my thoughts on Alexa Bliss and basically they'll be very similar. Although I think she's more likely if like Bianca takes a break from the title from the main title after maybe losing it to Bailey, that I could see them revisiting a Asuka Bailey feud for the title. With Bailey's heel and Asuka's the face. And finally he's got Edge. Edge screams kind of first last round pick because you know, again, you can never tell if he's gonna be a more regular guy or just part timing. He's been more regular since the Judgment Day started, and then he took that break. Now he's back, and seemingly he's popping up weekly to try and take it the Judgment Day. But I don't see the Judgment Day lasting like the whole of the season. So once that's over, I don't know what's next for Edge in terms of you know on-screen programs. Yeah, I don't see him much on television after um, mm-hmm. that program. I think most of these points are definitely going to be the City Champions. Yeah, which was first. Uh, I think Mandy will retain. If she does retain, it's a great show for Jack. Uh, I think Gunter and Bobby are going to be defending champions as well from the way they're booking them. So that's mm. brilliant for Jack to be rat bastard. I like this team on paper. <laughs> like I think this has got a very, very good chance of finishing top again. And Lord Almighty, we'd have to be. We could be looking at a potential four-time champion here. 
from all last. in single seasons as well, from last place as well. Nobody's ever won from last place. But then again, nobody's ever won from first either. So, I mean, it's always somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, Lashley and Gunther's title, the regular title defenses are going to be Jack's saving grace, especially Bobby Lashley as his team captain. Like, it definitely sounds like the US Open <laughs> format's coming back, and this is going to be huge for Jack. Mandy Rose and Carter and Chance, you know, them, Mandy Rose still continuing her, her solid run as women's champion. King Carter and Katana are finally getting their dues as women's tag champions. As long as they get showcased more often, they could be a, a dark horse for big scorers this season. Ask and Edge again, bit up in the air, but they're in big programs at the minute, both of them. So as long as he gets the appearance points there and what's a short season, I think Jack could be as Jack could potentially hit a home run here. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great team. Um, I don't know if it's a winner, though, but I think it's a great team nonetheless. Mm, I have to say, though, I mean, out of all the teams I've seen so far, this one looks most likely to win. I suppose I don't think any team really blows me away, but I also think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Keeps you guessing. Yeah. Yes, every team is similarly adequate. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. But well, everybody's in one team, then it's my team at the bottom. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of teams I'm looking at here, and I'm thinking, what the hell are these people thinking? And I've got others I think, you know what? There's potential. Yeah. yeah. We didn't. Nobody seemed to have made a firm decision, like one way or other, who they thought's the strongest team so far. So I'm going to force these two because we're going to do our usual here. You've got three picks here. Who's just on paper looking at their teams and like how the season started off? Who's who's winning the season? Who's going to come dead last? And who's going to be like the surprise? Uh, who's going to surprise everybody by how they perform or well they perform this season? We'll start with you, Jason. You're not going to be, but you seem to know so fucking much. Mm-hmm. Uh, on paper, I think Jack's winning. Uh, dead last, I think, is going to be Ryan Gallagher. And the surprise pick, I think, will be... Will be Dan. Fair enough. Uh, Ryan, you share sentiments, or what's your thoughts? I think the strongest team is Dan. Mm. Okay. I think the worst one is the other Ryan. <laughs> and surprise. I'm going to go for Andy Mitchell. Really? Which I'm, um, I think it might be a swing. Yeah. Okay. I think. I can't say myself. So <laughs> yeah, like you, well, you could. I just try make sure people don't because I want. I think I've got one of the better teams, but I, I don't want to say that too much because it makes you sound like an arsehole, and people complain when we do that. Otherwise, but you know, shut up, people. Uh, I'm just between two people. You've already one of them was Ryan for all who will come last. So I won't say Ryan. I'll actually say Andy Mitchell will maybe come last um, this this season. Who's going to win? Uh, if I can't say myself, I'll say maybe I think Jack is in with a share as much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> that Jack or Dan will, will win uh, this season. And surprise, I'm going to say Graham McRobbie because I think our EW seems to be consistently trying to stack every Rampage and Dynamite 
and the fact they've got two pay-per-views coming up this season, I think, despite the lack of WWE representation, every so often we'll suddenly see Grant just surge at the table because a couple of his picks were in like major title matches on like a Dynamite or Rampage, and that will like, keep him in consideration in the top half of the table for a good portion of the, the season. So that's my thoughts. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Please let us know, rather than keeping them to yourself, because no one can keep their opinions to themselves anymore, it seems. Uh, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Suplex. Let us know on the Facebook community page. And there on the Facebook community page where you can get involved in the show, where you can get involved in the Listener's League and get regularly slagged off on this show by us. Rightfully so, if you're as stupid as Adam Kelly is. But we thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with our regular two-man rotation as we're on the road to Clash at the Castle, AEW uh, All Out, and whatever this rumoured upcoming NXT, not a takeover, is going to be called coming up. So a lot to look forward to, a lot to delve into, still a lot that we don't really know about this season, so we've done our best to really just quite speculate. We hope you enjoyed our speculation, and we look forward to what's got to come in season 14. This is usually a very exciting period, I think. There's so much crammed into a short space of time. But I thank my panel for joining me. Thank you to no longer a work experience by Ryan Dugleish. It's been absolutely superb, Scott. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. And thank you to sitting up on his high horse, despite not competing, Mr Country Club, David Hockney. Oh, it's good to be back. And thank you, Jack Graham, for not showing up for work. I've been <laughs> yeah. Scott McLeod. And for pulling out. <laughs> wink wink nice punch uh, I'm Scott McLeod and we'll see you next time see you later <laughs>